Friends, there is nothing that you could ever do to get right with God. I'm telling you, there is nothing that you can do to get right with God. Friends, that's because he has already done everything necessary. You must now just simply rest in his finished work. Oh, and it is a labor to enter into that rest because our old man wants to continue working. Welcome to Never Forget the Blood's Worldwide Bloodcast. I'm Brother Barry, and we are here bringing you freedom from religious bondage by reminding you of the simple gospel. Friends, we want to see you walk in absolute total freedom, the freedom wherewith Christ has set you free, and be not entangled again to a yoke of witchcraft. Friends, the simple gospel will set you free from so many lies just by reminding yourselves of what God has already declared in his word from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. Friends, the simple gospel is primarily articulated in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And now, according to Ephesians, those of us who have been quickened by his Spirit predestined to be holy and blameless before him in love. We have been seated in heavenly places as joint heirs with him, having obtained the earnest, the the down payment of our inheritance, the Holy Spirit. Oh, friends, this is the gospel. God is with us. And if you are in him, nothing shall by any means harm you. And nothing shall separate you from his love if you continue in this faith. So, friends, do not abandon this faith. Praise the Lord. Tonight, I want to share with you a word about love. Can I truly learn how to love? What does that mean? What does it mean to love? What does the Bible say about love? I actually shared this message at a homeless outreach I ministered at a few years ago, invited to speak. Uh, And now I want to share the same with you on this platform. I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Beloved, Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Friends, the substitutionary atonement, 
the propitiation. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment that we have from him, that he who loves God Love his brother also. Friends, I am certain <laughs> if you are in Christ, if you are hungry for God, I know that that word has already ministered to you. But I want to share some insights from that with you. You know, we could spend three years diving into all that this little short passage has for us, and we may do that if the Lord so permits. But, you know, even then, we, we could not even exhaust it even after that much time. Uh, even the, the next 50 years of study could not even begin to scratch the surface of this gold mine. So I, I, I'm coming to you today not as a great teacher, for I have no superior insight other than that which is graced upon me. I cannot teach you anything other than what you yourself can learn of God. But friends, there are many men and women that are smarter and wiser than I, but I only know, all I know is that I only know enough to know that I don't yet know what I ought to know. And yet I know that God's word is true and that he has shown his love to me. And if me, the wretched stinking sinner that I was, and, the, and with the sin that I yet see within myself, if I know that God loves me, surely he can shed his love on you as well. This word, this word is our real bread, our real bread. Friends, this time we have right now, 
not so much on a live stream or or on a on a YouTube video, but when you are gathered with the saints in the presence of the Lord, this is the real wine sitting at Jesus' feet and learning of him. We ought to be making much of Christ, and that is my goal. Friends, beloved, let us love one another. Verse 7, this is the, the complex simplicity of the Christian life, and this means that plainly what it says, but, but we see throughout not only this passage that we've read, but also through the rest of Scripture itself, that there is a world of depth beneath this simple command. And I, I do not think for a moment that just because that this is simple, that that means it's, it's easy. Uh, sometimes the hardest, the hardest and most difficult thing to do is to love one another. It's so easy to get offended, and, yet, and it's so easy to get angry. It's so easy to hate. It's so easy to neglect. It's so easy to abuse. Uh, but, friends, it really is impossible to love to truly love in your flesh, in your own strength, it is impossible to truly love another, to really love the way that God has loved us. That's why you need a new nature. And that's, friends, that's what, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And so now you are free, not to use your freedom as an occasion for the flesh, but in love to serve one another. You know, friends, we can have infatuation for many things. We can have lust after many things, and I'm speaking in our, in our natural state. But to truly love one another, that is something that is not natural for man to do. It's natural for us to fulfill our own selfish desires. And oftentimes we confuse true love, charity, as the King James often puts it, with what we confuse that with what we're really doing, which is serving ourselves and trying to gratify our own lusts under the disguise of sacrifice. I'll give you the, the simplest of examples. A, a, a single man takes a single woman to dinner and pays for the meal. Do I need to go on or do you already see where I'm going? Uh, you know, does he pay for the meal simply because he's a philanthropist <laughs> or is he trying to obtain? favor with the woman to get something that he wants from her. Now, it doesn't have to be crass. You know, it, it could simply be that he wants to impress her so that it, she'll continue seeing him and, and he can pursue a relationship and even in, 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 you know, in purity. But still, he is not acting in pure love in that moment. He is seeking to satisfy his own selfishness. Friends, that's true. Think about it. <laughs> you know, I'm not insinuating that that uh, we are not at all capable of doing seemingly selfless acts, but at the root of it, it is sin and selfishness. It is our nature to be selfish. But that's why, again, why we need the new nature. Why Jesus said, "Ye must be born again." The Scripture makes it very plain that we cannot truly love. We cannot truly offer pure sacrifice apart from the Holy Spirit working in us. 
and I'll speak more on that. But as I said, it's it's easy to get offended. It's easy to get mad. It's easy to get angry, jealous, hateful, disappointed, frustrated, upset, and irritated. You don't have to do anything for those things to happen. You just sit back and they will happen to you. It's easy to neglect someone or something. All you have to do is leave it alone. It's, it doesn't take much to not care, <laughs> to not give someone care. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take anything at all. And it's easy to abuse, friends, but it's, it's very hard to actually treasure. Oh, we abuse many things, but, but how much do we truly treasure? And I will go to the, I mean, to the blunt end of it. We are commanded here to love one another, and yet we can't do it. It is impossible to love one another. Why do I say that, friends? It's because we are all sinners. You are a sinner outside of Christ. Friends, and now what, what, uh, the thing that gives testimony to the truth is the, uh, the fact that a great number of you hearing that were just offended. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee it. So many of you just became angry and began to hate me for saying that. You are a sinner. <laughs> Who do I think I am telling you that you're a sinner? You're a good person, right? Friend, you are wrong. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one, that we all like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own path of destruction. Oh, friends, there is nothing good in you of yourself. Oh, but I mean, as, as you've been following this channel, I'm sure you know by now, if you are in Christ, there is nothing ugly in you in God's eyes. Now, you will have some sin that yet remains that must be crucified and purified, and that, will, that process will continue until you take your last breath in this body. But friends, outside of Christ, this is what I'm drilling home. This is the evangelistic message. Outside of Christ, you are despicable in the eyes of God. If you are leaning on your own righteousness, oh, friends, you are worse than used toilet paper. But friends, Christ has shed his blood to wash you, to cleanse you, to robe you in his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for you if you believe. Are you seeing this now? The whole Law of God is summed up in this, that you love your neighbor as yourself. If you could do that, if you could love your neighbor as yourself outside of Christ shedding his blood for you and quickening you by his spirit and filling you with his spirit so that you can have the law of God on your heart so that you would supernaturally obey the Lord, if you could obey God without that, if we could fulfill that command on our own, we would not have a need for the law to expose it to us. The fact that we are failures, 
But that is the purpose of the law of God. And friends, it's because we have this command to love is the very evidence that we don't know how to do that, that we can't do that. And again, this is the purpose of the law, to expose our sin and the Holy Spirit working among us right now, among those of you watching this, if you are convicted of the sin in your heart. Friends, we are grave sinners indeed, and I, and I am here talking to you right now. I am the chief among you. I guarantee it. But there is good news. There is good news. Because even though we are great sinners, we have a much greater Savior. Look in verse 10 of this chapter back again. This is love. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to die on our behalf. Jesus, that baby born of a virgin, he bore our sins in his body and died. He rose again the third day and he gave us justification. He justified us rising again. He justified us before the Father. The cross is not showing us how valuable we are. The cross is showing us how depraved we are. The cross and the Christ upon it is showing us how terrible our sin is because this is the price that it took to deal with it. The precious blood of God's own son. It's so terrible. Our sin is so terrible that it took the bloody death of God's very own precious and beloved son to deal with it. And yet here is the beauty of it all. Friends, if you are believing today, it has been dealt with. Your sin has been dealt with in full. Hallelujah. Once and for all. And that is why we can freely admit we're sinners because we've died with him and we've, rose, we've risen again because he has quickened us by his spirit. Friends, this is why we can freely admit that we are sinners and that we have need of this great Savior. Oh, there is no shame in recognizing our need for the Savior and confessing our need for the Savior because he has humbled us. Oh, friends, not that, you know, we don't glory in offending our holy God, but we glory in the fact that he took our place. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Friends, there is nothing that you could ever do to get right with God. I'm telling you, there is nothing that you can do to get right with God. Friends, that's because he has already done everything necessary. You must now just simply rest in his finished work. Oh, and it is a labor to enter into that rest because our old man wants to continue working. But Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Friends, it is finished. 
It's over with. It's done. He did it. Stop your striving. Just relax. Come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Christ already did all that was necessary for you to be right with God. And what he did, the shedding of his blood, his burial, and his resurrection, was completely sufficient for all your sin, for all time, and not yours only, but for all who believe. His blood is today, was then, and shall be totally, completely sufficient to redeem fully. He has purchased for us an eternal redemption for all sin, for all time, for all who believe. And there is a particular distinction as to whom this propitiation is applied. And it's listed here in the text, verses 15 through 18. Whoever confesses, whoever confesses. So we've come to know, friends, there is a difference between a professing Christian and a confessing convert. Oh, friends, I, I, I hope to, I, I'm going to try to put together some material sometime soon about uh, the difference between uh, a churchman and a Christian. But friends, there, this is the nutshell of it. There is a difference between a professor and a confessor. Okay, a professor is just someone who speaks words with their mouth. You can be a total hypocrite and a liar. Anybody can speak words with their mouth, but a confessor, whosoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart, you see? Friends, confession is the admittance. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm admitting it. It's the truth. It's the truth that I know in my heart. That is the testimony. That is your testimony, your confession that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Son of God, that he paid for my sins. Ah, hallelujah, yes. Friends, verse 17, because of this confession, we have confidence in the day of judgment. And now we know that it is only by the grace of God alone that we can have this faith in Christ alone as our only boasting before the throne, okay? We can be sure, we can be sure that he has purchased for us this eternal redemption and that all whom the Father has given him will hear his voice and come to him and all who come to him will be received and will never be cast away. This is our confidence in the day of judgment. If you have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us, then you can have confidence in the day of judgment. Friends, it is appointed once for a man to die, and after that, the judgment. But if you have yet to come to know, and if you have 
not believed the love, if you have not truly believed the love that God has for you, if you have not believed and obeyed God the Son, if you have not kissed the Son, you will perish in the way. The wrath of God remains upon you, and you have great cause to fear, and you will have absolutely nothing to save you from the greater wrath to come. For even the hard work and diligent sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. It makes him sick. So, I want to give you this admonition. Come to Christ, for he is mighty to save His arm is not too short to save. His ear is not too deaf to hear. He can reach you no matter how far you've run. Whatever mess you've gotten yourself into, he is able to save to the uttermost. He is able to hear your cry no matter how lost you think you are. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. If you believe today, then do not delay. Call upon him now. Put your hands to the plow. But first, you must count the cost. Is it worth it to remain still lost? (laughs) Or is he worthy of the trade? To die to sin or to die to gain? Behold the lion and the lamb. Abandon yourselves into his loving hands. Friends, thanks again for watching today. If this video has been a blessing for you, give a thumbs up down below. Uh, leave a comment. Let me know, uh, you know how this ministered to you. Uh, but if you want to watch some more encouragement for your faith, uh, check out this video. It's about to pop up on your screen right now. And until next time, friends, just see to it that no man steal thy crown and never forget the blood.